Hello folks, this is Jason here, and thanks for tuning in to the Santa Banter Podcast. A quick message before we start the episode. The last thing we want is to ruin the Christmas magic for any children out there. We will be discussing some of the -the behind-the-scenes aspects of the Christmas season, so it may not be best for little ears to hear. Parents, we do encourage you to listen though. You might learn a tip or two about making the most wonderful time of year a little more magical. Anyway, on with the episode. And welcome welcome to to Santa Banter. Banter a podcast for those who love to get dressed up in the big red suit. Hi, my name's Santa Jason. And I am Santa Dave. And this is episode 11, the fraternal order of real bearded Santas, featuring Santa Rick and Diva Irwin. Welcome back for part two, Santa Dave as well. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to continue this chat and and learn more about this organisation that's... is so important for, for Santa's in, in your part of the world and other parts of the world, I imagine, as well. Well, well may we like I start that- with uh, 2005 when we met the organization initially? No, um, we have to go back to the start of the organization. Well, yes, you will, but I wanted to, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Take, take it away. You guys, <laughs> you guys pick where we want to start and uh, we'll, well end up at the end. You, we didn't know you, about all of that whenever we first came into it. So you can go into that in a second. But I wanted to like just to say thank. 2005 was our first real bearded Santa reunion. And they had already been around for a few years. But uh, when we showed up, he did not wear a Santa suit to that event. I wore a red skirt and a red jacket with a white turtleneck under it and black boots but it wasn't a Mrs. Claus outfit. And when we got out of the car, there were people in the parking lot and I, my smile started getting bigger and bigger. And then we walked into a room and there were all these Santas and Mrs. Clauses. (laughs) And I met two or three of them on my way in. And I turned to him and said, I'm going back out to the car because I had actually brought my outfit with me. (laughs) Slipped it on over. Luckily, part of it was a cape. The other part was a long skirt. And I threw it on and actually threw my little glasses on and and my hat. Didn't have my wig. And some of the people that I had actually met the first time in came up to me and said, hi, I'm Santa so-and-so. Yes, we just met a little while ago. You know, I know I look a little different right now. And, And... the pain in the cheeks when we laughed mm. was just hurting. Her smile ate her head. It was, her smile I ate her whole focus. head. There were all these Santas. How could you not possibly smile, you yeah. know? But I think over the years I've gotten better with the smiling and now it's part of my, me as a character. So um, it doesn't hurt as much anymore. That, that was That's actually, how we feel. Yeah. That's how we feel when, <laughs> we, when we go to Santa training or whatever. We leave with yeah. salt. Saw jaws and you know, cheek sure, yeah. We did the uh, we did a we did the uh, Christmas special with uh, Charlie Jones for the uh, Wealth Channel one year, and we were doing it with another Christmas couple, another Claus couple. And at one point, I stopped and asked the other gentleman, "If you don't mind, I would like to ask a fellow professional how you deal with the pain of being Santa." And he looked puzzled for just a second, and I meant specifically right here <laughs> at the end of a long day. I ache at the end of a day. Yeah. That was actually, uh, 
our, the uh, organization's 10th annual reunion. At that point, they were still calling themselves the Amalgamated Order of Real Bearded Santas. But by this time, they had already begun the tradition of producing a photo memorial, a yearbook from each mm. of the reunions. And mm. that was the first year where a Mrs. Claus appeared with her Mrs. Claus, her Santa in the yearbook. And guess who that Mrs. Claus was? <laughs> yeah, there was one other also, uh, my good, my best friend, Bob Callan, who's the president of the fraternity right now. His wife was with him at that reunion Amazing. and she saw Diva and <laughs> insisted on getting in her picture too. <laughs> so that was the first year there were Mrs. Clauses in the yearbook and ah. Diva was one of the two. Yeah. But I'm... anyway, to, we like to say, you, you mentioned um, the impact that we have had around the world. I like to thank and I proudly say that we have improved the quality of Christmas for anybody in the world who celebrates that holiday. Amazing. And um, as evidence, the, um, the designer bearded Santa has almost completely disappeared from the family Santa photo. That photo itself is now just as likely to be taken at a party in the family's home or at an uh, employee enrichment event for one of the parents or something like that. And we have organized a 501c7 that is a professional, we're technically we're a nonprofit mutual benefit voting corporate member corporation, but we're a professional fraternity. And uh, we provide professional benefits that were unheard of before us. For instance, Amazing. professional liability insurance. Uh, before we invented Forbes Santa's insurance, the best a professional Santa could do to protect himself and his assets would be to ask the clowns of America if we could piggyback on their liability insurance policy. And even then, it didn't have protections against allegations of or false allegations of abuse and molestation. So when we began toying with the idea of professional benefits, one of the first things I planted my flag in was a professional liability Santa, a professional Santa liability insurance policy that would protect against out false allegations of abuse and molestation, because I am in close personal contact with thousands of strangers every mm. season. And some of them are just by litigious I mean, just by nature, litigious, and uh, we're a target, if, if not us personally, mm -hmm. then the clients that we work for. And um, that was one of the, I, I consider that one of our major accomplishments. Mm. We provide the, a very comprehensive background check, and we have the only liability insurance policy for entertainers anywhere in the country that offers protection against allegations of abuse. That's really useful. Also, because a lot of Santa's no doubt that you interact with in the States and, and our, how we do is slightly different to the organization Dave and I work for being a company that, you know, we come under you, your sole traders, your, your business, you and you and Diva are, are your own company. So we are the product. Exactly. You don't have anybody to kind of go up to if there is an issue you've, you know, we, we can, re we're lucky enough. We can report to this person and have the backing of a company hopefully if an incident arises, whereas you have just yourselves and then the standard legal, you know, proceedings of, of, uh, you know, if it's, if it's that, if it's, if it's personal injury or if it's uh, allegations, if it's, you know, one of any number of things that coming in contact with thousands of people over, a, over a season. 
Well, we started the story, um, thanks to Diva, on, we started the story on second base. So let's back up to home plate. <laughs> and in 1994, um, the German catalog giant Otto Versant uh, landed supermodel Cindy Crawford for the cover of their winter fall winter catalog. And to celebrate that accomplishment, they decided to shoot the world's biggest Christmas commercial. And the idea they came up with was, our catalog has so many bargains that Scent is going to need help delivering them this year. Right. And the concept they came up with was they rented the Brownstone Street set at Paramount Studios for an entire day. They hired 10 professional actors who were also Santa Clauses, and they just basically scrambled up and down the Brownstone Street set, bumping into each other and throwing huge armfuls of wrapped <laughs> gifts all over the place. And the shoot lasted for nearly 13 hours. Wow. And along the way, the Santas, the actors, did what professional actors always do. They swapped war stories about their <laughs> most and least favorite event uh, gigs. And just limiting their conversation to Santa uh, shoots, they found that they had more than they could talk about, and they loved the conversation so much that somebody suggested that they all get together and do lunch after the mm. shoot. And somebody else said, well, it's pretty close to Christmas. We better wait until after the holidays. So they all settled on the last Sunday in December, I mean, in January 1995. And they all gathered at the legendary Clearman's Northwoods Inn in La Habra, California. And they had such a good time that day. Somebody snapped a picture of it and sent it to the Orange County Register. And they ran a story about these 10 Santas who got together for this event. And the guys all agreed that they had so much fun that day that they were going to get together on the same Sunday the following year. Mm. And when the media heard about that, some other, some new Santas showed up the next year, and a couple <laughs> of the Santas brought a friend of their, another professional Santa of their acquaintance, and then by that time, the rest of the Santas said, oh, I didn't know we could bring friends. By the third year, they were up to like 30 people at wow. the luncheon, and things just started to take off. They began to outgrow venues pretty quickly, and by the 10th year in uh, 19, uh, in 2005, when we joined them, um, they were already talking about incorporating, uh, forming a board of directors, changing mm. the name of the organization, applying for 501c status. And it just so happened that I had a, a you know, a professional toolkit that lent myself to, uh, to their needs. And so almost immediately, I began to be helpful to the organization. And over the past 15 years, I've become indispensable. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it just changed. Just Sorry, Dave. I was going to say it's changed a little bit over the the, the recent years. Uh, I mean, anyone listening can go and read about the War of the Santas and all this other stuff that you know, the political stuff aside, that's happened within the organization. What's it, what does it look like now? What are the differences from now than there was in two thousand and five? Well, I'd like to be clear that the so-called Santa War that found <laughs> my name, that found me on the cover of the Wall Street Journal in 2006, um, was had absolutely nothing to do with Santas in general. Yeah. We were a new, young organization. We were naive, and we had a very sizable uh, bank account that mm. became the target for a an unscrupulous individual who 
literally conned his way into the board of directors and then started a, a civil war and split the organization and took it over and seized our bank account and stole every penny we had. And if you want to know that story, you'll have to find it elsewhere. But that was not a reflection on the amalgamated order of real bearded Santas. And when we realized that he had entrenched himself legally and we were not going to be able to rescue that name and that organization, we simply changed our name, formed a 501c7 and started over from scratch. Easy, like not the easiest way to do it, but it's definitely like, all right, it's the, the age old saying that, uh, all right, I'm taking my bat and going home. <laughs> well, plus the right. fact that he had used his position to run up um, about $750,000 in debt wow. for the organization. So even wow. if we did reclaim it, we would have been responsible for that. That's yeah, he signed, oh, he signed contracts for events that we were never going to have. And in mm. exchange, he took signing bonuses that included. Uh, trips to Hawaii for his entire family. Uh, he pocketed ten, twenty thousand dollar bonuses for a one point two five million dollar convention that would never take place. He was a full blown con man. Yeah, a bad Santa. That's yeah. That's he was not a Santa, Santa in my a opinion. Real bad yeah. Santa. <laughs> anyway, now to move on from from that stuff, sure, as you sure. said, people Thank can you. follow up from that. As fascinating as you know these the stories are, but we'll we'll stay on the uh, on, on a bit more on topic. A bit, yeah. What roles in the organisation do you both have? And do you want to give a bit of an idea? I know you both have uh, have roles. Uh, I'll let you guys explain what they are and how you ended up with them, other than being fantastic spokespeople for Santa <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> Well, I'm currently on the chairman of the board of directors. I have held almost every elected position in the organization over the past 15 years. Um, I have continuously served in one capacity or another, uh, both as a national uh, leader and as a chapter, a local chapter leader. And uh, Diva serves as the secretary, uh, report, recording secretary for the organization nationally. And she's also 99% of our local chapters planning on their, on any given month. She plans, she chooses where we're going to meet and what we're going to do and things Amazing. like that. So she is our, she's our lifeblood at the local level and she keeps me sane at the national level. <laughs> <laughs> and also you, did I say correctly that uh, you, you're the one who looks after the website and a lot of the, uh, the digital stuff for the, for the order? Yeah, when we start, when I first joined the board of directors, we didn't even have a website. I, I was the first one to suggest that the these new interwebs were going to be integral to the growth <laughs> of our fraternity. So somebody should get on that. And um, they assigned one of somebody else on the board volunteered to put a website together. And admittedly, he had more will than skill. And we we worked with that website for a little while and then I grew a little frustrated one day and created an exemplar website to show the board of directors what we could be doing with a social network, with a jobs board, with inter, you know, interactive communications, messaging for the members and things like that. And 
by the time I finished the presentation, they voted me webmaster as well. <laughs> so at one point I was, uh, at one point I was the recording secretary for the fraternal order. I was webmaster for the fraternal order and the membership voted me director at large for the fraternal order. So I was the only person in the organization that ever held three elected offices at the same time. Busy man. And Vic, how does, 60 hours a week. It how, ain't work when you love it. <laughs> <laughs> when did you come on as secretary, Vic? And, and how have you, um, you know, have you found that position in, in an organization that's obviously so male dominated as well? Um, you know, how do you find, obviously, you know, Santa Rick's right there in the other room at the other end of the house, <laughs> emailing you things to do, but... I couldn't right. take three steps without my Mrs. Claus, and most Santas will tell you the same thing. Yeah, I am. Um, I I became the secretary to the National Forbes just a few years ago, um, but I had been secretary to the uh, Orange County chapter for several years, and um, I looked to Rick to help me with that. Uh, he's he knows how to put minutes together and stuff in a way that I don't know how to do. And I have a regular full-time job. His full-time job is with the Santas mostly. Yeah. So um, he helped me quite a bit on that. Yeah. And I thank her for that because without that support, literally the Santa world would have had to do without my services all these years because I would have had to earn the living that she has provided for me. So thank mm. you on behalf of every Santa in the organization, baby. <laughs> so you've talked about um there's different positions obviously in the organization how are the positions decided all of the we have six elected positions in the organization we have a total of 11 uh directors and officers on the board right now our bylaws describe the offices of chairman president, vice president, secretary, treasurer and we have an unofficial events uh, secretary, webmaster position also. The webmaster is elected by the board. All of the other positions are elected by the general membership and each um, founding chapter, each directing chapter appoints a representative to the board of directors. So we have 11 uh, altogether. We have 11 directors on the board. Fantastic. Uh, and, and so you've got the directors and then you've got, obviously got a lot of members too. How many members are there in the organization at the moment? Um, we have, I, we just declared a dues amnesty because of the hardships that COVID has created. Mm -hmm. We were about to enter our 2021 membership season when uh, I addressed the board and uh, suggested that we declare a dues amnesty for 2021. So uh, at that point, we had about 400 and something pay, dues paying members on a roster of 600 and something. So as you can see, wow. a number mm. of our members were struggling at, at that time, a number of our members around the country. So I would say that we have about 650 members on our roster of whom maybe 500 are current at any given time. And they're, they're all in the US obviously. Uh, they're mostly concentrated in the southwestern United States, but more and more they're distributed more evenly around the country. When we uh, see, we pledge allegiance to the reunion. The Santa reunion is the fountain from which the entire modern real bearded Santa has flowed. Every mm. Santa organization of any size around the country, every school, every academy, every convention, every everything 
has flowed from that reunion. And we have pledged to maintain its integrity and to ensure its viability for the foreseeable future. And that's Forbes, um, that's our primary objective. That's our primary mission. Other Santa organizations like the International Brotherhood of Real Bearded Santas, they focus on developing Santas around the world and, to, and providing whatever benefits and association they can with those Santas around the world. And Forbes has always maintained steadfastly its dedication to maintaining the reunion. Really? And, and speaking of the reunion, that happens once a year. When, whenabouts does it happen? What, what, what time of the well, year? Well, for the longest time, it was just a Sunday luncheon, you know, mm. an hour or so on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, then it began to grow when people uh, would uh, hang around after the reunion or the <laughs> night before when people were going to come in from out of, the, out of mm. state for the reunion. They would already be in town the night before. So we started having a meet and greet on Saturday night before the reunion on Sunday. And then the people who were coming into town for the meet and greet decided that we should probably use the time to do some professional workshopping and, you know, share the wisdom of some of our older and more experienced Santas with mm. some of the newer Santas in the business. So we started adding workshops and uh, seminars and things like that. So now it's sad all day Saturday and uh, most of the day on Sunday. And now we had to, because people were coming in the night before for the Saturday <laughs> events, we moved the, re the uh, meet and greet to Friday night. So the Saturday uh, meet, we do Saturday um, workshops and seminars and things most of the day on Saturday. And then we have a big to do on sun Saturday night. Sometimes we'll go out to medieval times or uh, someplace like that. But more often than not, we will, because there's so much talent in our membership, we have the best magician in the state of California. We have the best ukulele player in the state of California. <laughs> we have the best singer songwriter in the state of, no, I'm just kidding. And so we just have so, we have such a pool of talent that the most popular option for our Saturday evening has almost always been a talent show Love that it. we put on. So nowadays, the, the final straw fell into place when uh, Knott's Berry Farm was in a heated a bidding war for our reunion in 2008, I believe it was. <clears throat> and as an extra incentive, they offered every registered guest an all-day pass to the Knott's Berry Farm resort. Oh, wow. So the only mm. time most of them were going to be able to use it, especially the ones that came from out of town, the only day that it made sense to use it was Friday before the meet and greet. So it became Friday became the start, the official start of the reunion. What used to be an hour on a Sunday afternoon now is a three-day weekend. That's awesome, the organic growth. Like, that's always a better way to do it. It's people want to be involved. It's not forced onto, oh, you have to come for these three days, but it's just the love of it and the love of enjoyment of spending time with other Sanders. It's growing into that. I'm, I'm jealous that I <laughs> and, and we have a um, And we have a vendor fair. Uh, vendors, I mean, everybody from custom costumers to reindeer ranchers to mm. boot makers and belt makers and everybody else, the best in the industry show up for our reunion and offer their wares to the, you know, to the Santa elite for two straight days. And a lot of them say it's their best weekend of the year. <laughs> I don't doubt it because most of us come with an extra suitcase and all of our <laughs> Christmas earnings. Maybe we've got to pop over, Dave. We'll set up a little booth and we'll just 
you know. <laughs> I'll comp you. I'll comp you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We'll hold you up on that for 2022 when we're Transportation and accommodations extra. <laughs> fair deal. Fair deal. <laughs> so you mentioned that there's some professional development and, and some, you know, Santas sharing their specific skills with other Santas. Alongside that, at the yearly catch-up, what training and, and um, resources other than, yeah, you mentioned some of the, um, the uh, I've forgotten the actual legal Karen title, beating, but... Karen feeding of Santa's beard is one of the most popular every year. Yeah. Diva, take it away. Tell us about some of the ones you liked. Well, we've had uh, balloon artists. So they teach balloon uh, how to make, Santas even if it's also, just yeah. a dog. Yeah, Santas that would teach uh, uh, magic tricks, very small magic tricks that they could use. Um, yep. uh, we uh, have Mrs. Clauses do the care of beards and bleaching and how to take care of Santa mm. when you're at, do you, before you go into an event, once you get into an event, like I said, that's one of my, one of my things is to make sure he's put together. And, um, We've had storytelling. Uh, one, as Santa Rick mentioned, we have um, a major ukuleleist here, and he's the one that taught me how to say ukulele. And um, ukulele so I, also, I play a little <laughs> bit myself, um, but he gives classes on it, and he sells the um, the ukuleles if people want to buy them during right. the during the reunion and stuff. He and we put he'll put together. Uh, he'll do a jam session on Friday night or Saturday night. And from those people, he'll put people together to do something on Sunday during the luncheon, you know, as, as entertainment. Um, and he's really good at that kind of stuff. I tend to go in and take pictures and stuff when these people are doing their things. So I don't get to participate in a lot of the mm. stuff because I'm running from room to room taking pictures <laughs> because if I didn't, we'd have five pictures from the sure. whole weekend versus <laughs> the 500 Claus, that I take. Sometimes <laughs> a Mrs. Claus will teach uh, jewelry making. Uh, sometimes jewelry a Santa making. will Art. teach um, uh, sleigh making. We have Santa might teach. Nowadays, it might be uh, cyber instructions: how to make, how to develop your own backdrops, how to uh, right. market your skills uh, to the using the internet, how to develop a website. Uh, mm. It's practical instruction on how to advance your Santa game. Amazing. Little bits of sign language and things like that too. Line dancing. And then almost. Even. Oh, dancing yeah, the dancing yes, classes. Yes. You oh. should yeah, see these guys class. out there on their walkers. They're not. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Yeah, no, we're kind of young in, in our group. Yeah. I'm, I'm more than one cane, class. you can't join the dance class. <laughs> <laughs> outside in of the, the sorry, Dave, sorry, you go. In the afternoon, I was going to say on Saturday, usually between the workshops in the morning and the talent show in the evening, there's almost always an afternoon symposium that is generally called something like senior. Santas speak and the most and the three or four most famous Santas who happen to be at the reunion that year uh, sit and take questions from oh. the uh, from the audience yeah amazing that sounds like one a of great my favorite way to speak yeah, one of my favorite <laughs> mine too I take notes <laughs> <laughs> other than the um, the yearly uh, reunion and you've mentioned about um, you know things like providing the insurances and, and helping Santas with some of those back-end stuff um, what serve, what other things do you provide and are working on going forward um, for the 
for the organization to to help keep you know obviously it's a fairly up and down time and we've we've touched on about um you know how things may look for santas this year um what services are helping for santas going into this really unknown christmas season well, well, our our monthly meetings are normally in person, and they have not been since February, of course. Our yep. last one, which is the picture behind me, that was taken in February at our at our monthly meeting for our Orange County chapter. Um, we we shut down in person meetings five days before the state of California announced shutdowns. Yeah, because yeah. our our more our uh, demographic was in the most at risk category. Yeah, totally. And our Orange County chapter meets the third Saturday of each month um, up to October, in October being the last month that we do it. And um, we've been doing them as Zoom meetings. So um, it's also teaching our older Santas how to use their computers a little more too. <laughs> we also do an annual fundraiser for our official charity, the uh, Breast Cancer Angels. We uh, basically, we adopted the uh, organization after one of our Santas, uh, Jim Stein, Santa Jim Steinmetz and his wife, Anne, used to dedicate their entire Christmas season to fundraising for the Breast Cancer Angels. Amazing. And they would, put together anywhere from 50 to a hundred thousand dollars in uh, donations but you know year-round for the organization and uh, when Santa Jim Steinmetz took his final sleigh ride um, they were really concerned about how they were going to close that gap and um, and basically said it would be fine with her if we would step in and provide Santa's you know to take his place at some of the events and um, as soon as we began discussing it, the general consensus was, uh, to heck with that, we'll just full on adopt them. Amazing. And every September or what is it, October. Late, late September, October, we have October. had an annual fundraiser for the Breast Cancer Angels and we have helped plug gaps in their annual budget year after year. Which is perfect in October because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, um, and we, we help those, uh, those folks to give to the families of the um, ladies and gentlemen going through breast cancer mm. treatments and stuff. Uh, we will go out and uh, buy gifts for them. And we also, uh, this is, not only do we do that in October, but we, every month our chapter does raffles, 50-50 raffles and stuff. And so we come up with a bunch of money that way too. And all of that goes toward um, their event that they do, their party at the end of the year, as well as purchasing gifts and stuff. So we've actually gone out and purchased gifts, and we um, set up two or three sets of Mr. and Mrs. Clauses that'll go to the homes of those folks. Uh, Santa Rick and I were the first ones that did that because we, um, other than Santa Jim and his wife, Anne, before he passed away. I should stipulate that this is the chapter level that we're doing this. Right. Okay. Our, our Forbes official charity in our bylaws is the Boys and Girls Clubs. If we're ever forced right. to dissolve, they're the beneficiary of our mm. dissolution. But the chapters get to adopt their own local charity. And ours in Orange County is the Breast Cancer Angels year after year. San Diego has adopted the same organization and really shown up how to do it they yeah. have a santa drive at the end of the year and they provide thousands and thousands of dollars worth of free gifts and food to needy families to families provided by the breast cancer angels in san diego 
Well, well yeah. So, brilliant. Some of those things are going to have to look a little bit different this year, as you mentioned prior. Tell me what Forbes is doing this year to help Santa's uh, along with some of the, the problems that they're going to face during this COVID season. Well, this year, we, we do a quarterly newsletter also. It's called Just Be Claws or the Forbes magazine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this, the summer edition, which came out in July, was preempted completely and replaced with a special edition in which we invited the titans of the Santa world, the biggest and most experienced Santa experts in the country who run the biggest schools and the biggest agencies and uh, help the most Santas every year. We got them all together in a conference uh, for the uh, newsletter and each one of them uh, wrote an article, most of them two pages, on how they see the, 2000, uh, the 2020 Christmas season shaping up. And um, I'll be happy to provide that to you and you guys can have a link for your site. Mm. But the Amazing. general consensus was among all of these experts with a hundred years of Santa experience under their belt, the total consensus was who knows? I mean, mm. here we are eight mm. months. I mean, this is three months since we went to press with the new, with the special edition. And who would have guessed that eight months into this, things would still be getting worse in this country. So we don't know what Christmas is going to look like. My general, my general advice to the membership and uh, personally is get with your clients, let them know that if there is no vaccine, that there is a very good chance that it is not going to be safe for Santa to do in-person appearances with their family this year. Mm. It's not going to be safe for Santa and it's not going to be safe for the rest, for those families. A number of malls, I should hasten to add that Christmas isn't necessarily gone this year. A number of, uh, malls and shopping centers have begun to develop alternatives to the in-person Santa mm. set. Uh, some of them are using green screen, separate rooms for the family and for the talent. Uh, some of them are being very creative with the use of nearly invisible plexiglass barriers mm. between the Santa and, you know, special lighting and angles for the camera to make all of that disappear. Um, one of the most creative options that I've heard of so far, well, the second most creative creative is they just eliminated Santa entirely and replaced him with a set that shows a crashed sleigh and Santa's <laughs> legs and boots sticking out of a <laughs> snowbank and a couple of, you know, cockeyed reindeer laying on the ground. So the idea was Santa got, uh, Santa's crashed. We're going to, we're on our own this year, but <laughs> by far and away, the most creative suggestion that I've heard yet is Santa was accidentally trapped in a snow globe by an elf magician accident. And Santa has to do his Santa visit from inside this snow globe. Mm. Wow. So that's there a are a number, one. we don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there are the best and brightest in our business are evolving this. Even as you and I have this conversation, mm. new ideas are being come up with right now. But I'm afraid that the traditional in person, hug Santa and Mrs. Claus and tug on his beard is gone this year. Mm. I, I, it's starting to look very much like uh, the vaccine that we had hoped for and that had been 
I, I wanted to also point out that we haven't been sitting on our hands and the Fraternal Order of Real Bearded Santas has been through a pandemic before. In 2009, H1N1, swine flu, threatened mm. to end Christmas in North America. There was a really good chance that Christmas was not going to happen and if it did, Santa wasn't going to be there. But Forbes led the industry in petitioning the CDC, the HHS, NFID, anybody we could get an address for, we sent letters asking them to provide early access to the vaccines for what we were referring to as frontline seasonal workers. Now, in, its, in, in most years, Santa represents faith, hope, and charity for the young at heart. And that's in good times. And right now, times aren't good. And mm. we told the CDC that this is going to be the worst year ever. And if past is prologue, American families are going to do whatever it takes to end this year on the best note possible. And if we're going to have any hope for happiness this year, it's going to be Christmas. And if Christmas mm. is going to work, we're going to need the clauses to be there. And mm -hmm. if you want frontline seasonal workers to be on the set and in the living rooms around this country, you're going to have to immunize them at least a few weeks in advance of the events because yeah. everybody knows that it takes a while for um, immunization or um, for it to build up for your sure. viral load to reduce. So I have been petitioning since August 1st. We've been sending letters to everybody we could send letters to. On August 26th, I was invited to uh, do a presentation to the uh, AKIP, the uh, Advisory Council on Immunolo Immunology Procedures. And they're the people who are deciding who is going to get the vaccine and in what order in the United States. And because of the letters that I'd been sending to everybody, they invited me to do a presentation. I'll be happy to send you guys a link to the video sure. of that presentation. Right. But it basically began with, for the first time since the depths of the Great Depression or the darkest hours of World War II, sane and sober adults are asking one another, will this be the year there is no Christmas? Hi, I'm Rick Irwin. I'm the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, we ended up with the line, if um, there are four reasons we, we ask you to provide early access, uh, and they are uh, Santas, most Santas are in close intimate contact with between five and 15,000 people every year. Our demographic by nature is in the most at-risk category. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the third one was, but the fourth one was, American families are going to want to have Santa at Christmas this year. Please see it and see your way clear to providing the vaccines early for the frontline seasonal workers. Two days, I mean, I made that presentation. I threw my bread on the waters and I honestly didn't expect much back from mm. it. Two days later, I got an email, a voicemail, and then an email from the sec uh, assistant secretary of CDC for public affairs. Michael Caputo, and he and I began negotiating over at, uh, gaining access for my members and other professional Santas around the country to the top tier uh, access to the vaccine. And we came up with an idea where in exchange for getting frontline access, 
we would also participate in a nationwide rollout of Operation Warp Speed and provide Santas to 35 cities nationwide on the same day. And then we would provide our best and our brightest for media interviews from yep. then on to promote everybody to go get their vaccine as soon as possible. Amazing. Because that is our best bet at herd immunity is to get everybody in this country a shot, two shots, to be honest with you, as soon as possible. And we were signed and sealed and all but delivered when, when he Secretary took a Michael Caputo down. had a <laughs> meltdown and he just mm -hmm. disappeared in a in a fog of scandal mm. and I have not been able to get any of the deputy assistant undersecretaries to return my emails. So as as far as I know, we were this close to having the vaccine for every frontline seasonal worker in America. And now I have no idea if there's even going to be a vaccine because yeah. now that he's out of there, it's starting to look like maybe they were jamming these vaccines through the testing process. And it may not even be safe when the vaccine is delivered. So I've always said that we need early access to a proven reliable vaccine. Yep. And if they can, if the scientists and the doctors don't endorse this vaccine, I'm out. Yeah. And I'm telling my clients the same thing. If we don't get a safe, reliable vaccine by Thanksgiving this year, I'm afraid Santa and, you know, close personal contact are not going to happen. I think there has to be different ways of doing it this year. Yes. Across the We're world. back to plan B and C and D. Mm. Yeah, of course, of course. And one of those ways I've been thinking about it too, because in Victoria, uh, in Melbourne at the moment, we're in lockdown and probably going to have to be wearing masks until, uh, until a vaccine is available. Uh, it's mandatory. And we were, I've been talking with other Santas about how that's going to look like. And I certainly being a fake bearded Santa don't want to have to wear the mask and the fake beard. It's mm. just going to, and then having to wash the beard every night. It doesn't seem right. So I'm trying to look at other ways of doing it and going around, walking around the towns. And um, I think that's going to be a big thing. But I, also I had this idea the other day that we could start to um, just donate our time on Christmas Eve and walk around ringing some bells around some streets and just have the kids wave it to us from the windows just to make sure that Christmas spirit doesn't completely disappear this year and it's still there. So there's ways that I think Santas are getting creative across the world uh, to try and come up with some of these things. And uh, we'd love to get in contact a bit closer to Christmas and, and see what's happened in America and see what uh, Forbes are, uh, we're able to come up with. And it might be different per state, but it'll be really interesting um, mm. closer to Christmas when we know exactly. As a 501 C7, uh, one of our uh, charter obligations is to provide community uh, support. And uh, so we encourage all of our members to do as much pro bono work as they can comfortably absorb into their Santa year. And mm. most of them will tell you those are some of the best times. Yeah, yeah. Some of the some of their favorite events year after year. I personally have for a. For almost 11 years, I teamed up with an organization called Kids Dental Care, and they had 20-something offices scattered around Southern California, and I would drive an hour and a half to get to one of their remote offices and then give them three hours practically free because... Every one of those offices made a commitment to provide a wrapped Christmas present and a free Santa photo to every child in their neighborhood, Amazing. not just their clients, every child in their neighborhood. And since most of these kids' dental care offices were in the 
lower economic yeah. sectors of the town, uh, that meant that they were almost all Hispanic crowds or almost all African American crowds and almost all, you know, lower socioeconomic classes. And these families, this would be a big, huge event for this neighborhood. I mean, the mm. first time, the first year I did these events, I, she'll tell you, I came home with my eyes wide open and just mm. my jaw wouldn't shut because <laughs> I arrived at an event and there were a thousand people lined up outside this office around the corner, down wow. the block, around another corner. Police would be in the neighborhood directing traffic around this block so that every family in this neighborhood could show up and get this wrapped Christmas present might have been that child's some of those children's only present or mm. nicest present they got this year. And this Santa photo was definitely going to be their only chance to get a Santa photo. So dad would take an afternoon off from his job. The whole family would be standing together in line. They would walk in in their best clothes. And in this neighborhood, it could be a faded hand-me-down sports t-shirt. But they would come in and proudly and happily and eagerly sit with Santa and chat with him to the best of my language abilities in the Latin neighborhoods. But those were events that just grew my heart three sizes that day. Mm -hmm. And I just fell in love with that gig and I would do as many, I would donate at least as many as 12 days of my Christmas season to this one company that mm. was doing such a tremendous job. And then I would leave that event in the morning and drive over to a gated event in central Orange County and a nine-year-old kid would walk up to me and say, my iPhone is last <laughs> Years. Mm -hmm. I would like the new Pro 11, please. Mm. And usually when I get a big ticket request like that, I'll try to sneak a glance to the parents to see yeah. what their response is. <laughs> and if they're like, oh, you know, I'd like to talk the kid out of it by saying something like, ooh, those are very popular this year. I only hope we've made enough. I'll have to check when we get back. But if you can't have that, what else would you like? But yeah. in Orange County, I'll look over, the kid will ask for a $900 telephone or a $1,200 tablet, and I'll look over at the parents and they're beaming, mm, he nailed it the first <laughs> guest, you know, the first time this year. He's definitely going to get that. And I'm, you know what, as long as they teach their kids gratitude for yeah. the, you know, for the, for the life they have been given, great. I don't resent anything. But there is nothing in that day, in that entire day, that can compare to the morning I had earlier that day with those needy children. So sounds amazing. I've, we've still got, we've been chatting for so long and still got so many questions. So I definitely think we'll have a chat either closer to Christmas <laughs> or even after Christmas, but a couple of quick ones to kind of wind up. Otherwise we'll be here and it'll be dinner time here. It'll be, you know, three o'clock in the morning, your time. And you'll, <laughs> we can't have Santa and Diva. Or as we call it Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> so That's how we spend every Tuesday, every Wednesday up here. Yeah. <laughs> Couple of like uh, quick fire questions. Um, for the organization, Dave and I at present are unbearded, non-bearded Santas in terms of having a good white beard. Designer bearded. We prefer the phrase for our beard, for our brothers like you, we refer to designer bearded Santas. Designer bearded Santas. So yes. would we still be able to join the organization as we are not real bearded Santas or is it exclusive if we have to have the, you know, 
We're going to have to start working on our real bearded. We yeah. are the fraternal order of real bearded Santas. And I'll tell you, we're not, it's, it's not just an arrogant kind of thing. We believe that the real beard is um, a commitment that the Santa has to make year round. Sure. Because we're, no matter where we go, as you were saying yourself, in the hospital with all of your gear on, the kids will run up to you and say, Santa. Well, we live with that. That's our life. I mean, you see me dressed in red right now, but I can be wearing <laughs> blue with a ponytail in and my hair my head cocked and the kids will still see santa claus yeah. and i have to be prepared to be santa 24 7 365 yeah. and we recognize that sacrifice that commitment mm. <laughs> so that kind of that, that almost leads a little bit into um the next obviously mrs claus are, are you are you a member um diva claus or you're an associate member where to where to miss i'm an associate an associate, associate member, yes. Okay. We are voting members in our um, chapter in um, Orange County, but we are associate members. We are not actual members. Um, I'm of the age now, though, that I almost can be, so. <laughs> <laughs> Associates can hold off elected office in the fraternal order. Yeah. Okay. The only I could be... that require, any, she could be anything except the chairman, the president and the vice president those are the only three offices that require a member to be a member in good sure. standing sure sure now you kind of um briefly touched on the santa all year round um dave and i recently did an episode where we reviewed the film i am santa claus and there was that came up often in the film when i know there were some links with the film and the organization do you is there anything there we can discuss or is it kind of a little bit they just focus on a few people and that sort of a parallel thing well, I'm glad that they they took most of the Santa War stuff and put it in a after on the DVD. It's a separate section at the end oh, okay. of the show. Oh. Um, we Tommy haven't seen Avalon, the DVD, unfortunately. So we only. Uh, you know what? I'll sh off the record. I'll share that stuff with you, and you can <laughs> we can decide together whether it would be fit for publication. <laughs> but um, yeah, there because I worked with the producer so long and putting that together that he finally came to the conclusion that um, he didn't want to make the Santa war, the, you know, the central theme of, of that movie. Sure. So he kind of went in a different direction and moved all of that, the juicy stuff onto an after section. Cause there was some juicy stuff in it and, and reading reviews about it. And as we kind of broke it down and, there was some juicy stuff in it that a lot of people seemed as though that was a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a blocking point, but they didn't enjoy the movie because there was some uh, real life stuff that was raised that people did or didn't agree with. So discussions about Santa's in their personal lives. Yeah. yeah. Not taking on the character of Santa. Oh yeah. You know, we are doctors and lawyers and Indian chiefs in our day-to-day -day lives. Uh, there is a panoply of personalities drawn to the throne. And, um, you know, we just have to live with that. Um, and for the most part, we do. As long as they can... We used to have a... a senior national officer who was also uh who also ran a swingers club in one of the big cities on the west coast mm. um and you know nobody knew that because he kept that life separate and um until publicity finally drove that into the common uh lexicon um i didn't even know that he had that other life 
and mm -hmm. when I discovered it, as long as I examined everything that he had ever said or done with the organization with a more jaundiced eye and decided once again that he had successfully segregated those two lives. Mm. Yeah. He, at the end of the day, he was still a Santa Claus and, and what he did as Santa was, yeah, different. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, last question, I guess. Uh, looking at Santa's in the future, where do you see the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years? What do you think Santadom is going to look like in the future across the world? Oh, Diva, what do you think? Well, since I'm a scout for Santa's, I'm going to grow this organization a lot bigger. Um, my brother is also, my real brother is actually a real bearded Santa too. <laughs> oh, with wow. our and organization. <laughs> and um, his son is coming into it eventually. Um, but I, I scout Santa. So I'm just hoping to grow this organization even more. And, um, I try to help teach them too, you know, and believe it or not, Diva's name is yelled out more often than anybody else's at our reunions because they know <laughs> she knows who to go to if she doesn't know the answer to whatever they're looking for. People but, used to um, ask us, do you need all, what are you going to do when you have more Santas than you have jobs? And I said, I don't know. We'll see. And the truth is, the more Santas we produce, the more jobs they produce. Uh, mm. Like I said, today, uh, the family Christmas picture is just as likely to be taken in the family's living room as it used to be taken in the mall. We're just going to continue to grow the um, organization and help teach those that are coming on as people taught us when we first came on. Yeah. Uh, we, had, we had our mentors too, including Santa Tim Conahan, who's the Hollywood Christmas Parade Santa, and he's big in the real bearded Santa world. And um, he was one of our mentors when we were at the beginning of our stages. Absolutely. And I call him St. Timothy. St. Timothy. And, and it's interesting to think back to, like I said, our first reunion was 2005 when my cheeks were really, really sore <laughs> and all these people were new to me. Now we're calloused. <laughs> now, now I know so many of them by face and name, believe it or not. I know they're all real bearded, but they all have their own personalities and mm. eventually you get to know who they each are. And, um, I'm just excited to get to know a lot more along along my life. And, As the uh, social network grows, it just grows. It's growing yeah. exponentially, but it still seems organic. I mean, there I have 2,000 friends on Facebook, but it still seems as natural as when I had 20 friends yeah. on that, on Facebook because we have social networks and everybody just you know, breaks into chat, break into smaller groups and talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> the standard thing at like, uh, on a, uh, or at a, at a, at a getaway or, or a church thing. All right, everyone break into smaller groups, find out what's going on. And then we'll get back together. <laughs> enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks. Well, I would genuinely love to keep chatting. But, and what I reckon is we're going to talk about this year's re reunion, but maybe we save that for, um, later on, a bit closer to Christmas, we touch base again, find out how things look for you guys and the organization over this topsy turvy Christmas, whether that'll go ahead and the things we've spoken about, whether some have come to pass or not and how it's gone about it. But this uh, year's reunion is an entirely different topic. So we can do one. We're still hammering that out. Mm. Well, mate, if, uh, if there's a table for us there, then we'll, we'll, uh, and we're allowed <laughs> to leave the country, we'll come down and, uh, 
you know, <laughs> bring our Australian accents and our... And we'll, we'll work on our real beards for then, yeah, that's it. <laughs> get the bleach like out. That, yeah. this, is, this is only 15 years of growth, so you can, oh. you can catch up. Yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend's terribly sad. When she, if she sees your beard, she'll be like, why did you have to shave it off? And I'm like, all right, I'm, that's my well, goal. an excuse, yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much. One thing we do thank at you. the end of each episode, uh, Santa, Rick, and Diva, is we do a big ho, ho, ho at the end. So, uh, Dave, if you want to take us out on that, and we'll... Um... Yeah, we'll count down. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Thanks, folks. Thank Bye, you. guys. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to get in touch, we are Santa Banter Podcast at gmail.com or search Santa Banter Podcast on Facebook or Instagram.